Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. President Biden referring to Vladimir Putin as a war criminal, saying that he should be tried for war crimes. Remember, I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter is so what happened to Putin. This warrants him he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual have a war crime trial. Let's be clear. We're about to have two different conversations. They do not cross. They are on parallel tracks. One is the conversation of what's happening in Ukraine and where the United States should be giving even more help. And two, the value of referring to him as a war criminal. Or has a Rubicon been crossed with what has been found in Bucha? And that the game is is now much, much different. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Sorry with my little microphone issue right there for a second. But the idea of referring to Putin as a war criminal. Not that I disagree with it. It is a question of whether or not you say the thing if the objective is not to provoke. That is not about having fear of Vladimir Putin. That is about recognizing that you don't do the thing you don't want to do until the time comes to do it. Joe Biden was not proven right with this latest finding. And the latest finding, if you will, are dead civilians everywhere. Shallow graves everywhere. Reports of people who have been found dead, who have been had their hands tied behind their back. All over towns as people are coming uh, through. And in this area of Bucha, they have found these shallow graves. This is a town, I believe, is it just to the west of Kiev? Yeah, it's to the west and a touch uh, to, to the north. A, a, a suburb, if, if you will. And it is horrific. And no one who has been paying attention to the conversation about Vladimir Putin is in any way surprised. Because Putin could kill 50,000 civilians. And if you brought him the, the, the irrefutable evidence, you know what he'd say? Zelensky's killing his own people. That's why we have to stop this Nazi. He won't, he won't concede. And if you say to me, Tony, I thought the Russian military was inept. Yes, they are. That doesn't mean that there aren't people who are bloodthirsty and dangerous. An inept military does these kinds of things. A military of strength, a military with a code, a military with a purpose, a military that is well-trained, knows not to do these things, prides itself on not doing these things. If we were to talk about waterboarding, as, as we did, there was a lot of talk 
a lot of talk about waterboarding. What was happening regarding Iraq? It is not a question of whether or not we like terrorists. It was never a question of whether or not uh, we had disdain for terrorists. It was whether or not we as the United States act in a certain way. I I never minded the conversation. I, I will admit to you, I had less issue with waterboarding than others. And one could argue you were actually at war. It doesn't mean this should be our standard, and it doesn't mean that it even should be our operating position. And that's why it was such a conversation. It was a conversation about who we are and how we act. We are not them. The Russian military is never going to be a military that helps rebuild a nation. The Russian military is going to steal your food and rape your women and leave you for dead. And then move on to the next town. Because, well, who is there to provide for them a a moral code and a purpose to what it is they're doing? You don't have people who want to be there, who want to be part of a fighting force, who believe in the future of, of their nation and securing it. You're conscripting people by the hundreds of thousands saying, you go over here, you go over there. They hate being there. They're just nasty people to begin with. What, the best and the brightest? Understudies for the Bolshoi Ballet? They are you. You fight now. That's not how it works. And Putin doesn't care. So if you want to make the argument that he's a war criminal, absolutely. Except You didn't need any of this to prove it. This is horrible. The question before us is, do you say the words? Now, Emmanuel Macron, he's the president of France. He is also calling uh, Vladimir Putin a war criminal. So now we know two things. That we have a leadership in the United States and around the globe that's willing to scream war criminal. And we have a Vladimir Putin that is killing everybody in his path. Do you gain anything by calling him a war criminal? Have you brought yourself closer to uh, a, a putting an end to this, which is better for the United States in general? You're just speaking about it from us, from our personal point of view. Um, or, or have you um, have you created a, a a more heightened situation of of despair for a Vladimir Putin, where more bad things could actually happen? The argument is not whether or not he's a good guy. That's not our argument. The argument is what to do about such a thing. You've got the guys on MSNBC. They're apoplectic, man. Why aren't we going to war? We are past the point of sanctions and strongly worded condemnations and the seizing of oligarchs' mega yachts. It's no longer sufficient as the evidence of war crimes and crimes against humanity continue to grow. Vladimir Putin has no regard for life or humanity or even the rules of war. He's are you willing to kill him in Red Square and what are you going to do about the nuclear weapons? Can I please not have tough guys anymore, especially the tough guys on MSNBC? It was worthy of getting rid of Vladimir Putin when you told us he was interfering with our elections. But none of you progressives had a thing, one, to say about what to do about him. 
All you wanted to do was scream about what Trump wasn't doing about him. Well, what do you want to do? What's your plan? And has that plan, that calculus changed with this latest information? Are dead civilians, and of course there are going to be dead civilians, but we're talking about people who, you know, purposefully assassinated dead civilians is, is a different conversation. And does this change the, the, the philosophy of, you know what, we're going we're gonna to put a stop to this. Right now the answer is I don't know. I don't have for you, and I wish I did, a, a good um, synopsis, analysis for, for what's happened here. Meaning, how, how will we respond? I will tell you that we are still on two tracks. The disgusting nature of what we're seeing. If if you if if we want to you know if you ever had a question of how diseased Putin is there you go. But what still is our obligation or our purpose or a necessity or 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 where should the United States be in all of this? That has not been somehow made magically apparent. Because of this latest finding. And maybe it's because for us, we're not surprised by the finding. We knew this was uh, the story of the case, or, or, or the case, even though, even though you, to 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 see it is pretty awful. Is is horrific. You know, if I were to take a look at some some of the headlines, right? Uh, Washington Post photos of Buka Ukraine. Um, AP, Russia faces global outrage over bodies in Ukraine's streets. Uh, you have uh, the New York Times in Kiev suburb of Bucha. They shot everyone they saw. Reuters? Pentagon can't independently confirm atrocities in Ukraine's Bucha. Now, that's probably the most honest one. You are in a propaganda war. And in a propaganda war, you got to check, double check, and recheck. Of course you do. Of course you do. When I say none of us are surprised by what Russia would be doing in Ukraine, because none of us are surprised because we're having the honest conversation. But if you tell me you've got people strewn about here, there, and, 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 and everywhere, right? You, you, you could tell me this, but you got to be able to show how it happened, when and where it happened, where it happened. So you got to be able to confirm these things. I'll tell you, as I was uh, talking to you, I, I did I did reach out uh, to a Major Mike Lyons, who we often speak to, retired United States Army military analyst. And I said, does Buka change NATO in, in, in involvement? And he said, Aleppo didn't. Chemical weapons were used by Russia in Aleppo and Syria. I would argue that Americans see uh, Ukraine as different than Syria. Um, but there's now uh, a story that there's a, a possibility or, or a threat of the U.S. sending in tanks, which would I s- assume mean giving the Ukrainians tanks. 
So that could change some things. That would be a, a different move from us. We've only sent in javelins and stingers and things like that. I'm also keeping an eye on what's going on in Sacramento. That shooting that took place early Sunday morning, six people dead, three men, three women, 12 people injured. I don't really think I'm going to have um, a, uh, a real understanding until tomorrow because I think that's when they'll, they'll be able to get more, uh, more investigation done and be able to share with us some more of who, who was shooting, where they were shooting, because there's these video, these fights that took place in Sacramento, right? Some clubs are closing and there's some fights happening, and then you hear shots and a lot of shots. And when I, when I say a lot of shots, here, hold on a second. I, I have it. I know I have it. I, I mean, it, 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 was, uh, it, it was something else right there. So here's the fight, just one of the fights. And supposedly there's like, in, in one of the videos, 70 shots were heard. And people are, are indeed running and moving. And some of them are laughing. They're smiling all the way. I don't know. I guess this is weirdly funny to them somehow. So what happened? What took place? What kind of fight? Who was involved in the fight? Who was involved in the shooting? What was the connections? I'm going to give it a, just a, a little more time before I figure out what's going on. I, I'm, I'm rarely first to these things. I like being right about uh, these things. Uh, when it comes to Russia, I'm right that there are two tracks. We've got to be thinking about these things separately. What Vladimir Putin is doing, what this Russian military is doing, we're not actually surprised by. How we respond to it is not necessarily controlled by a, a horror show or an outrage or something we find despicable on the other track. Do not get swayed by it. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Uh, no, I think I think you gave a great summary of the failed policies of this administration. I think President Biden has done more damage to America than any president in modern history. In 14 short months, uh, inflation's at a 40-year high. We have the worst crisis uh, on our border in American history. Gasoline prices are up 70 percent. The disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the mishandling of the COVID pandemic, Pandemic, and the list goes on. And I have to tell you, Brian, I'm very proud of the way that Republicans have been the loyal opposition. We have called out this administration over the last year and a half. We've called out their failings consistently. But I truly do believe that's only half of the equation mm-hmm. of really not just winning back the Congress, but winning hearts and minds across America. I, I- that's former Vice President Mike Pence, who has been doing a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. A lot, a lot, a lot of talking. He's making his moves, kids. No, no one should deny that he's making his moves. Of course he is. I would expect nothing less from him. As I often say, I like him. I have no problem with him running. I don't think he's going to win a primary. And I don't think he can win a general. That is my official, professional look at the the situation. 
Is there is he valuable? Yes. Is there a place for him? Yes. It, it's unquestionable. Unquestionable. Few people are going to do a better job at articulating the um the 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 cause, the beliefs, the theories, the philosophies of, of liberty and and for Republicans better better than Mike Pence. Very very few people. Just so we're all perfectly clear. Meanwhile, the big story of the day is that Elon Musk has purchased 9.2% of Twitter. Now, does this change things for Twitter? I don't know. I had a conversation with economist uh, Dr. Matt Will uh, about this, and he's got a philosophy. I'll share that with you in, in, in a little bit. How do you convince the, the, the people who work at Twitter to somehow, all right, we'll let um, this guy who we've been calling a white supremacist for five years, we'll let him talk on the platform. How do you do that? I, I, I don't believe that you can. I don't think you can convince those engineers. So, so what, they, they all quit? Is that, is that the, the, the trade-off? They all quit and that's that? I just, I don't think that's the way it's going to go down. Because I think they will quit. and They'll do walkouts and the pressure will be everything else. But then again, I don't know what pressure Elon Musk is going to try and put on Jack Dorsey or others and, and, and how that flows. If you follow me on local, TonyCats.locals.com, we've got the poll right there of what you think is going uh, to happen. The poll is right there, and uh, you can uh, uh, take part in it and then be like, uh, will they lighten up on the censorship or are they ideologues who are just desperate, desperate to, uh, to shut down anybody who doesn't agree with them? TonyCats.locals.com. Meanwhile, the Judiciary Committee, they're probably going to agree to confirm Katanji Brown-Jackson, and that's going to go to the full Senate. But this is not a woman who can be a member, and she tells you why. She lets you know. I've got that story coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Many, we've been told things like to shop. Ah, shamefully having some audio issues. As right now, right there in the Senate, uh, they are the Judiciary Committee talking about the confirmation of Katanji Brown Jackson. And Katanji Brown Jackson, in my view, is not somebody who can be confirmed to the Supreme Court. And for Democrats to confirm her is proof of how little they think of you and your rights. And to have just listened to Senator Maisie Hirono, who I consider to be, and I want to make sure I'm clear about this, awful 
Republicans are upset that she's such a highly qualified candidate. Mm, I don't think she's a highly qualified candidate. I think that she is somebody who can't answer what a woman is. Not qualified. I think there's somebody who hid behind, well, come in front of the court. I can't answer it. Senator Cory Booker? Right now. I don't know if I help you or hurt you when I make say such nice things about you, sir, but you are a gentleman. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time in Iowa, uh, and you are uh, you exemplify Iowa nice, and uh, I, do, I, I appreciate the way you've done it. Uh, this has been an interesting experience. Uh, I've... I've I often think maybe we should be holding this hearing during December because, Mr. Chairman, I don't know if you know about the vaunted holiday of Festivus, um, uh, which is the holiday for the rest of us during the holidays. And one of the aspects of Festivus is the airing of grievances. And I think that we've had probably the best Festivus celebration here uh, in this hearing over the last week or so because there's been a lot of airing of grievances. Now, I'm one of these people that thinks... Uh, that there's no false equivalency here, that, that the grievances that I've seen since I've been here from uh, the ridiculousness of Merrick Garland and, and when he was nominated, not even having a hearing, not even meeting with him, or even some of the language. I recently looked at the quote, one of the quotes from one of the people on this committee on the Republican side who talked about if Hillary Clinton won, we should just leave any Supreme Court vacancies if the Republicans control the court. But I'm also self-interrogate enough to know that um, I shouldn't just sit here and air my grievances and listen to their grievances. And that's why I'm really appreciative of uh, Ben Sass, uh, Senator Sass, and uh, I think the Oxford English Dic Dictionary is now a new word for next year, jackassery. Uh, I want to thank uh, Tom Tillis. I, I don't, again, agree with his uh, equivalencies on everything, but I see an earnest person trying uh, to figure out how we can make sense of this place and return more to patriotism, less towards partisanship. It's so interesting to hear Cory Booker talk like that because as he does that, he is the guy who is attacking Brett Kavanaugh, going after Amy Coney Barrett. I am Spartacus and all this jazz. It's hard to take him seriously. Very, very difficult. As for how you should take Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, you should take her away from the Supreme Court and not confirm. Why do I say this? Well, I do think that there is an issue with somebody who has not clearly stated that they are a textualist, an originalist. If you believe the Constitution is a living document, there's really no place for you. The, the, the Constitution is not a living document. It does not move with the tides. It says what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say. The textualism argument, the originalism argument matters. Now, originalism is not to say that there isn't change uh, that comes to America. But those changes are codified through amendments. And when we discuss originalism or textualism, the amendments are a part of that. It says what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say. That's why when people discuss the fact that you can put these limitations on the Second Amendment, but somehow abortion is sacrosanct, none of that is true. The Second Amendment exists. My right to keep and bear arms not being uh, infringed exists. And abortion is nowhere in the Constitution. The Constitution is not a living document. And this is, uh, again, my belief...
It is the belief of the rational mind. Then there was this. That it was Senator Ted Cruz who asked questions of the nominee, Katanji Brown-Jackson. And some of those questions were not there during the hearings that we heard. But rather, they were written. And there was going to be written response. The text states, Do you hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights, yes or no? What are natural rights? So um, natural rights would involve the idea that my ability to live my life the way I see fit, my ability to live my life uh, in, 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 in freedom, my ability uh, to live my life without being a slave to others. I need no constitution for those rights. To speak, I need no constitution for that right. My right to freedom of speech, to speak my mind, is part of nature and nature's law. I was born this way. I was born free. I was born with the right to protect and defend myself. It is not given to me by the Constitution of the United States, but rather codified by it. It's, a, it's an additional. It's an add-on. That's, that's the story. It is an add-on. But my right to protect and defend myself That exists because I exist, and no one is allowed to take it away from me. Absolutely, positively, no one. Thus, when asked the question, which I believe was asked by Senator Ted Cruz, the written question, do you hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights, yes or no. It was the response from Katanji Brown-Jackson, a judge who wants to be on the Supreme Court, who said to Senator Cruz in answer to question 16, I believe it is, I do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. How is that possible? How is that something that should be on the court? How is it possible that anyone could think that somehow and in some way we don't possess natural rights? How could a judge wanting to be a justice, to be able to interpret the Constitution, not believe this? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Boys, that, kids, girls, that's from memory. You do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. As a person, I believe that's an actual sin. I believe that you are somebody who is placating slavery by taking that position. 
If you don't believe individuals, if you don't hold a position about the natural rights of people, that people have natural rights, you believe that they are born subjects to some other group. Nothing American about that. Something purely damn evil about that for sure. For sure. Something purely damn evil about that. Horrific and shameful and despicable. As uh, as Randy Jackson would say, that's a no from me, dog. Because it's a no. There, there has to be a standard. Guys, there has to be a freaking standard. And if the standard isn't, I am born with rights, you are born with rights, we are born with rights that come to us from nature and nature's God. Well then... We are born slaves. We are born subjects, not citizens. We are not born free people with free minds the world over. There are no such things as human rights. Now, I must say to you that whenever anybody uses the terminology human rights, it's guaranteed to screw over people like, you know, free and thinking people. Because they'll get into the idea that healthcare is a human right, when, of course, it's not. Because healthcare involves somebody else providing you with care, whether that's an observation or whether that is a, uh, um, a, a, a checkup or whether that is actual drugs or something you can take to make yourself healthier. That comes from the work and the labor of somebody else, and you are not entitled to that willy-nilly. You're not entitled to that freely. You have to provide your labor to me because I'm entitled to healthcare because healthcare is a human right. It's not a human right. Being able to stop you from trying to rape me is a human right. If you cannot, or if somebody cannot process the difference there, well, that's somebody who needs to go back to schooling. I have no time, and neither should you, uh, for for the holy and, 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 and willfully ignorant. If you believe healthcare is a right, you believe in the enslavement of others. Just fact. If you believe education is a human right, same thing. I think education is very important. I have just become convinced throughout this whole conversation over the last couple of years and what we've seen in the world of COVID that public schools don't do the job. They don't work. The unions don't work. The teachers aren't able to provide their best. The kids are not better off. We've got dumber students year after year after year after year. Let's put an end to this experiment. Public education didn't become public education until a teacher in Massachusetts in 19-whatever-it-was decided this is the way to go. It doesn't work. What are we doing? What are we playing? What are we trying? What's wrong with us? Let's give up the ghost on this thing here. Is it my job as a parent to educate my kids? Yes. Is there some kind of of natural right to college? Of course not. A natural right to health care and the labor of others? Of course not. To protect and defend myself? Absolutely. Senator Marsha Blackburn, she's part of the Judiciary Committee. She's talking about the nomination of Katanji Brown-Jackson. Ah, what a day to have the audio issues. I wanted to hear what she had to say. Because she's the one who asked the question famously, uh, can you tell me what a woman is? 
And uh, the answer was from 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 Ketanji Brown Jackson. Uh, the answer was very clear. Can I can I tell you what a woman is? Uh, well, uh, it was pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing indeed. But people were were super proud of that. Well, it's science. It's really hard to tell. It's not really hard to tell. If you believe the science is settled on climate change, but not on what makes a woman, chances are you're the problem. Chances are you're the problem. He refused to answer. So then I asked her a very simple question. I asked her to define the word woman. Wasn't a trick question. It's something that everybody learned in grade school science class. But Judge Jackson refused to answer. The fact that she couldn't or wouldn't answer that question speaks volumes. It tells me that Judge Jackson is beholden to the radical left that is teaching our children that they can choose their own sex. It tells me that she is more committed to woke progressive ideology than she is to common sense and the rule of law. And it tells me that she will not be able to decide with impartiality the cases that are sure to come before her as a Supreme Court justice. How, for example, will Judge Jackson be able to resolve sex discrimination claims if she can't decide whether the parties before her are women? How can she decide Title IX cases if she doesn't even agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are enduring physical differences between men and women? We recently saw a Ninth Circuit judge issue a written opinion stating that, and I'm quoting, people of all genders can become pregnant, end quote. And disputes over biological males competing in women's sports are working their way through the federal courts. How can a Judge Jackson decide any of these issues as a Supreme Court justice if she is too afraid of the radical left to give this committee a definition of the word woman? And that is bothersome. Is really bothersome. Did she not define woman because she really, like, I'm not a biologist, I'm not going to answer that question? Or was she afraid of what the political left was going to do to her if she did? That's probably the biggest question of all. And just one more reason for not being qualified. That said, she's going to get confirmed. And that's a shame. Far more qualified people, even if I disagree with them on policy than this person. Get ready for it. I'm Tony Katz. I got to find time in the next hour to dig in on Hunter Biden's emails because uh, this dude's guilty as sin. Or, or maybe it said a, a, a better way. Everything the New York Post said was right. 
Everything that the New York Times and now the Washington Post are talking about is Johnny-come-lately nonsense, trying to make themselves look like the adults in the room when they're not. The press has failed America, and that has to get addressed. But how about the fact that Hunter Biden's getting millions from China to connect with daddy? That's what happened. And how about when daddy is finally confronted on this stuff and we're told, hey, he doesn't, he doesn't quite remember, right? He's smart enough to be president, just not capable enough of understanding all the nuances of what his son was doing. But when he told us he had nothing to do with his son's dealings, well, we know that's a lie. We know that's a lie. Hunter Biden has a lot to account for. It should happen in front of a judge. I'm Tony Katz.